Hey guys, it's Betsy with Faith and Flip Flops. In today's topic, George's recovery, we talked about George's story in October. George was a domestic violence survivor, and George contacted me to do a follow-up story so you would know how George was doing. So our topic today focuses on George's recovery. Back in October of 2019, I told you some of my story of domestic violence. I have been able to read the comments and see the questions and hear the encouragement. So many other survivors and those still in their situations have reached out to me, and I thought there was more to share. My life after making it out, after having a gun in my face. What a grand finale to not such a grand situation. Certainly not what I would have chosen for myself or for him even, but it is part of my story. I am not going to discuss the legal side at this point. For now, I want those that read my story and know I survive to understand that you can truly live after being a victim. In fact, my goal is to not be reminded that I was ever a victim. It makes me sad to think of the person I was, yet proud of who I have become. I remember just three days after the event, stepping out of my garage and into the sun. It was like I was alive for the first time in years, and the sun was re-energizing my soul. My soul that had been beaten and battered and left for dead was coming back to life. I felt like the weight of the world had been lifted, yet everything swirled around me in shambles. I simply sat on the pavement outside of my garage and let the sun marinate my exhausted soul and breathe deeply in the fresh air, air that was not stifling or making it hard to breathe. It was the pure air of freedom, and it was scary. Once you have lived with someone that constantly questions your every move and all of your abilities, has mentally tortured you for years, and has taken everything but your shadow from you, learning how to live again is hard. In some respects, I was lucky. I absolutely refused to quit on my children, and I had a good job. Those two things made me get up in the morning and made me put one foot in front of the other. I had very few friends at that point because he had pushed them all away. The few that had made it into the sunlight held tight, and their people became my people. Slowly but surely, I began to find a new normal and a new routine, but I was not living. I was simply getting by. I did all of the things, put myself and the children in counseling, changed the locks, beefed up the security system, packed his stuff, dealt with attorneys, went to church every Sunday, and I cried. I cried a lot. I had lost something. Even then, I did not know what it was, and I still do not know today, but it was the loss nonetheless. I hid behind shuttered windows and locked doors, always afraid he would come back after me. For months, I would not even stop at the grocery store if it was dark, until one evening, I had no choice. Simply going in to buy milk was a terrifying event, but when I did it, something changed. I sat in the car afterwards, laughing and shaking. For heaven's sake, it was milk at the same grocery store I always shopped at. I could do this. 
Until the milk purchase, I had not left my children at all. If they couldn't go, I didn't go. And we all had to be home before dark. That was part of the problem. I needed a break. I had cased us all out of fear, and it had to end. I rejoined a small group from my former church and went once a week to that, kid-free. And they scooped me back up and loved on me when I needed it the most. Although I had never missed a Sunday in my current church, the comfort the small group provided me was what I needed. I was able to tell my story and ask for specific prayers. I began slowly easing into lunches and dinners with friends from the small group. I would not stay long, but I went, and it was a huge obstacle for me to overcome. I was living in the dark with flashes of light and a normal life coming in on me when one day someone like a mother came to me. She's a take-charge kind of woman. She dashed around my house, opening blinds, raising the windows, and explained that she was done with me living in prison, that God was in charge, not the man that tried to kill me. She looked me square in the face and told me that it was my time to go. It was going to be on God's time. Well, she had a point. So I began to live more, still timid, and one bite at a time, but my house was no longer a prison. I redecorated it and made it our home again, a place where our new happy could begin and the old memories were at least erased from sight. I still have bad days. I still jump if someone comes up behind me. I still have night terrors and wake up screaming and shaking, but I've learned to outthink those things, to pinpoint where my fear is coming from and use my brain instead of my emotions. It makes it better, but I doubt I will ever be immune to those things again. I surround myself with people that know what happened. We do not discuss it anymore, but they know. So if I have a bad day or act in an odd way, they know and can help me through it. They are protective, even overprotective, but I will take it. After three years, I decided I was healed enough to date. I was picky and upfront about where I was coming from. It did not come easy, but there's a special guy now that understands what happened. He certainly does not like it, but he soothes my soul when he sees I'm off center. No questions asked. He just fixes what someone else did to me. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. Every day forward is a new day of freedom, a new chance to fly, and another day of healing. Every day is a new chance to help someone that is living in the shadows, afraid to make the move into light. My phone will always be on. It will never be too late. Your questions are never too much. Your fears are never silly. There is a way out. I am here for you. If you believe I can assist you, please message Faith and Flip Flops, and Betsy will be sure to get you in touch with me. Love, George.